Hi, I'm Ella, and you're listening to Budget Babe, a podcast where we talk about living your best life without breaking your bank. Hey, hey, thank you for joining me today on the Budget Babe podcast. I'm so excited to share with you all today the skills of selling. Selling, what I have learned, is going to be one of the most important skills that you ever learn. So you might be thinking to yourself, nope, no, Ella, I have no interest in selling. Or you may think that you already know selling like the back of your hand, but a successful sales representative is always going to be on a journey of learning. And I'm going to share my personal five simple tips to being a respected sales professional. Some of you who also claim that you're going to avoid being in sales may even be an amazing sales professional without even realizing it. When I graduated college, I even told myself that I wanted a job that did not require selling whatsoever. Yes, I really said that. Trying to sell people it really intimidated me. And it also made me think of the constant rejection, hearing no's more than yes. Sure, I was great at selling Girl Scout cookies as a kid. I did fundraisers for my sorority and recruited volunteers while I interned for a governor's race in Virginia. But the thought of having a quota, pressure to close deals, and competing against my peers was not a desirable situation for me. While I was in college, I was strongly interested in working on either political campaigns or in politics or working in advertising. After a few internships and being around the political arena for almost five years, I realized realized that politics were just not my calling, and I quickly learned that working in the creative industry was not as glamorous or as fun as Hollywood would portray. I was, however, fortunate to learn this early as I landed my first job in advertising after graduating in 2008. Now, 2008 was during a recession, and advertising is a highly competitive field. Within about a year of having that position at the ad agency, it was unfortunately eliminated and put me on the job hunt again. After experiencing that, I knew I wanted something that was stable, that I could have for a while, that had the 401k benefits, and I also knew that I wanted to stay in Nashville. Willing to give sales a shot, I found myself working at a Verizon wireless store, assisting customers with plans and selling phones. So the company had that overall adult quality to it. As I mentioned before, health insurance, 401k benefits, investing options. It was everything a 23-year-old could want in their first job. I also thought, surely, I would work my way back into a marketing role. Well, I eventually did get recruited into a long-term marketing position from one of our vendors while I was working at Verizon. But I want to highlight my experience at Verizon because the education I got from this job alone taught me so much about communication skills, working with other people, and led me to learn one of the most important skills a professional could have. That is, of course, selling. Being in sales can affect your budget in obvious ways, but it can also help you navigate your career in other fields as well. And selling helps with negotiating. It helps with fundraising. It helps you show the value that you bring to the team that you're on. It helps you present your amazing ideas and overall increases your salary, whether it be through commission or your merit increase. The one example at Verizon that I'll never forget is when we were in an early morning meeting and our district manager was talking about some upcoming deals that we were being able to pitch to customers. And we knew that the customers were going to jump right on this. So after he um, talked about it and wanted to conclude the meeting, he uh, looked at my manager and he said, hey, Mary, would you like to be in sales? 
She looked at him. She said, of course. He then responded with a grin on his face. He says, guess what? We're all in sales. And he made an excellent point. We all harmoniously agreed and chuckled. And that's something that I'll just never forget. If you really think about it, no matter what job you have, something somewhere in your organization is it has to be sold to keep the organization afloat. You could be an accountant. You still have to earn trust from your boss that your figures are indeed accurate. Uh, politicians, they sell ideas in exchange for votes. Warehouse workers are often the front line of the company. And the one person that the cu customer sees, um, they can actually impact the overall impression of the business. A receptionist also, they have to make a stellar first impression when they greet someone. Teachers, they have to be able to win the attention of students. Healthcare professionals, they have to convince patients that the right form of care that they're prescribing is vital to the patient and that they need to take that medicine. Um, ministry professionals, they have to find a way to connect with others so they can, in a way, uh, sell the faith in order and to impact the lives of who they are ministering to. Uh, ministers also rely on tithing in which the tither actually decides if and how much they give. More and more people are selling on the side of their full-time job or in replacement of their full-time job. They could have started their own business on Etsy. They might sell through Amazon. They might have joined a direct sales company. Or if you're volunteering for an organization that you really care about, you're most likely to have to recruit other volunteers and sell the donors on your cause. You also have to sell yourself in any interview that you have. Everyone compares first dates to a job interview. I can definitely see that. You have to know your value and what you bring in any to the table and to expect any any form of return on investment because insecurity and uncertainty can be sniffed out by people the way that dogs can sniff fear. So what does it take to be a great sales representative? During this episode, I'm going to give you examples of how to detract your customer base before I share the traits of successful sales representatives that you will be able to apply at any point in your career. I'm going to begin by telling you examples of what a sales rep shouldn't do with a story that many of you can relate to and often dread happening to you. A little over a year ago, after driving my Honda Civic for about eight years, um, the car started beginning to require some costly repairs, and I knew it was inevitable that I needed to buy a new car soon. When I buy something, keep in mind, whether it be a mattress that took me six months, electronics, or any purchase over $50, I like to give myself time to plan out the purchase, weigh the factors, and make sure that I'm making the best overall decision before I swipe that debit card or sign any papers. I wandered into the nearest Ford dealership one day, knowing that I wanted a Mustang. And that could have been my first mistake, because I knew exactly what I wanted. But I also knew I wanted to look around a few places before I made a commitment to anything. A fun fact about me is that my first car was a Mustang. I babysat for the owner of the dealership. Um, all my rental cars that I've driven, all my favorite rental cars that I've driven were Mustangs. And that's among driving BMWs, Audis, Jeep Wranglers. I mean, I was fortunate to drive just about everything and anything of all the rental cars I've had. But the Mustang has been my favorite. So I knew I wanted to get a Mustang as my personal car. I didn't really need any bells or whistles other than Bluetooth and backup cameras. I just wanted a reliable car. EcoBoost was fine by me. I really didn't need anything that would go faster than what my lead foot would allow. Uh, you may be able to guess my predicament after walking into the dealership. I was met by what I call a sailing shark. I'm not going to say the name of the dealership or the name of the sales rep, but I'm using this story as an illustration of what an uncomfortable customer experience looks like. First, 
he made sure that I knew he didn't make commission, but in the same sentence, he bragged about being the top sales rep in the entire dealership after he learned that I was a sales professional myself. I was a bit put off by the bragging, but I was open to what he had to offer anyway. I also let the dealership manager take my keys so I could test drive the cars they had. And then in around at least 10 bustings on the lot, he shows me two cars. There is a 2016 model in a beautiful shade of blue. But as I was looking at that car, he lured over to what he called the best deal on the lot. It was a 2016 convertible and it was beautiful. It had all the bells and whistles. It drove smoothly. Uh, it did need new tires, but he told me to buy those from a junkyard. Wait, what? Junkyard? And that's what I thought to myself. After letting him know a few times I was not ready to buy, he asked if he could run a few things by me. I was really eager to get my keys back, but then again, I just agreed to sit down and listen to what he had to say. During the middle of the sales conversation, he asked me what school I taught at. I politely told him, I was like, well, I'm actually not a teacher, but I'm a, a trained sales rep for a living. He was like, oh, you kind of look like a school teacher. Okay, whatever that means. I was actually remember being in workout gear that day, and most of my teacher friends are very stylish and well put together, but whatever. Well, he started talking about the warranty, what the dealership offered, yada, 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 and then how this was the best time to buy and how he's going to offer me this, this convertible for just an amazing price. And only this day and this day, I was going to get this Mustang for just, just wait for it. $27,000. That was before interest, title and other fees. Once he quoted me that $27,000 price, I quickly shot back and told him that I was not going to pay twenty-seven grand for a used car. And that car also had over 75,000 miles on it. And I reminded him, I said, listen, I told you I'm not ready to buy today. I actually like to take time when making a commitment to my car. Again, I took six months to buy a mattress. What makes him think I'm going to buy a, a you know $20,000 purchase the day I look at it? Side note on that too. My friends who teach actually let me know that if I were a school teacher in Metro Nashville, that car would have been around three-fourths of what my salary was. So what in the world was the sales guy thinking? So the sales rep had to get his manager before he could give me my keys back. But as I was waiting in the office for him to get his manager, I noticed a random detail and something that I also found off-putting nonverbal off-putting uh, trait of a sales rep person. Uh, he had political signs all throughout his office. And I don't mean photos with his favorite candidates. I mean, straight up, your party sucks. My party rocks. I don't care about your feelings paraphernalia. Did this guy not realize that voters all over the political, all over the political spectrum could potentially be his customer? Anyway, the manager comes back in with a rep. He wanted to know what was keeping me from signing that day. And I honestly let him know. I said, I was very early in my search and I just wanted to look today. I was not willing to buy and I especially was not willing to pay $27,000 before fees with a car that had over 70,000 miles on it. And I just think that's asking way too much. After I finally got my keys back, both of them quote unquote, wished me luck in finding a better deal. And I told him that I was planning on looking other places anyway. And right away, without prompting to, they began to bash the corporate owned used car dealership that was across the street. And that was quite a blunder on their behalf because it only piqued my interest in checking out the other place. And 
I actually ended up buying there. So looking back on that, I was pretty proud of myself. I gave them a little bit of sass and said some words I won't repeat on here, but I finally retrieved my keys and I didn't let anybody push me around. So my point in sharing this story is letting you know that my frustration with this car dealership didn't exactly come from the pressure, although that didn't help, or even the price of the car, that didn't help either. But the biggest detractor of this selling interaction, it's because I felt like I was not being listened to. The sales rep did not pay any attention to me. Uh, They also had zero self-awareness about themselves. Um, My greatest pet peeve is when people underestimate me as being a dumb blonde. But realistically, before I go into any sales or anything, any situation, I'm always going to do research and know my stuff before walking in. I also realized that it may be common um, for women to not want to shop for cars by themselves. But the principle is we really shouldn't have to worry about it. As a paying customer, we should always be treated with integrity. Um, We should always be listened to. They should really listen to us more than they do the talking. And no one should ever push us into anything if we really don't want to buy. I know as an experienced sales professional myself that being pushy, bashing the competition, not knowing your audience, and a lack of self-awareness are just ineffective sales strategies altogether. If you do, however, win a customer over by being pushy and thinking only of yourself, you should probably know that this customer may come out resenting you and is less likely to recommend you and will most likely not return. The experience, unfortunately, is the epitome of what many see of salespeople, but this also shows some of the greatest mistakes that's made by sales professionals. Successful sales reps, in most cases, were not aggressive. We want the client to feel comfortable with us. Um, We try to be experts in the category, but if we don't know something, we'll ask. We're not going to be bragging about ourselves. Bragging and coming across as arrogant, we know is off-putting to customers. Um, Also, avoid controversial topics such as politics or even in the South, college football can be pretty controversial. Um, But with all of that being stated, let me share with you what I find to be five successful sales tactics that can be applied in any sales job or really any job that you'll have. Number one, self-awareness. You know I love self-awareness. The person that you are pitching to has to be sold on the idea of working with you. If you lose them on your persona, then you don't have the sell. Being likable, and they say that you have to be liked to get the sell, well, that just takes showing consideration of the other person. You build rapport, find a way to relate to them, uh, show interest in helping them out. Now listen to this part. You have to desire to help them. Your desire to help them should actually be greater than your desire to sell to them. I'm going to say that again. Your desire to help them should be greater than your desire to sell to them. Most people know BS right away. It's therefore imperative that you know how you come across to them. This is what leads to the next trait of a successful sales rep. Number two, remember that sell may be your duty, but it is not all about you. It is not about you. One of my trainers at Verizon used an analogy calling it WIIFM radio, WIIFM. And that is a station that all customers are tuning into. WIIFM is an acronym for what's in it for me. So how does your product or service benefit others? Also, listen to them. Another selling tip I learned at Verizon is that selling is 90% listening and 10% talking. Again, 90% listening and 10% talking. Never assume that anything about anyone, just as the car salesman did by assuming that I was a school teacher because I looked like one. 
Also, make your suggestions based on what they tell you. Never push anything just for the sake of getting a sell. This will be sensed by many and you'll therefore lose the sell. So the focus on your customer will build that rapport, trust, and relationship that's necessary to close the sell. Number three, be adaptable to change. Being set in your ways or your idea over the customer's is a surefire way to kill communication and your goals. Your customer might change their mind. Their needs may change throughout the sales process. They may recognize that they need something that they didn't mention before. While it can be constructive to present new ideas that benefit the customer, make sure the customer knows that you are aware of those needs and that those needs are the most important. When I finally bought my Mustang, the salesman at the dealership across the street looked at over 15 cars with me, at least. And he also, you know, presented some similar models. He said, hey, why don't you try this Dodge Challenger? You might like this car. He also let me test drive an Audi A5 to consider an SUV. You know, it almost worked. He never once, however, pressured me to sign any papers at any point in the cell. In fact, I was literally in the driver's seat the whole time. (laughs) So number four, know your stuff. When someone is buying from you, asking for ideas of what they want to see or, you know, just really asking you for anything, you have to be the perceived expert and you have to have the credibility. Now, if you get a question and you don't know the answer, it's okay to let you, let them know that you don't know what it is, but you'll look it up or ask someone that would. And this will tie into gaining the customer's trust. So being an expert on your product will also instill the necessary confidence and enable you to make the correct recommendations. Speaking of knowing your product, you want to avoid bashing the competition. As I stated earlier, it gets tempting to talk about the competition, but talk more about what you have to offer. Bad-mouthing competitors can make you look desperate or insecure. And in fact, I ended up buying from that car company bashed by the men who held my keys hostage, as I said recently. So after you've made your recommendations and after you've kind of built that rapport and had the conversation with the customer, I'm going to go over the fifth and final step. That's going to be having the confidence to ask for the sale. You have to ask for that sale with confidence. Once you have built trust from the customer, listen to their wants and needs and made your recommendations, ask them for that sale. If for any reason they're not ready, wanting to save up, or just it's just not a great fit overall, feel free to take the information and follow up with them. Sale has to be more about them than it is you chasing your quota. It's understandable that oftentimes we'll sell new products and ideas that the company wants to push. And, you know, of course, companies do exist for a profit, but a business has to be pleasure for all parties involved. Never forget that. Integrity is one of the key factors you have to have when selling so you can do what's right by the customer. With major purchases, these sales may understandably take time. Have patience with them. Have patience with yourself. It's also necessary knowing that success is not going to happen overnight. So I said this on my previous podcast. You have to be patient and you have to just continue building that muscle. And as far as selling goes, you know, you're not going to be a top performer right away. You have to build that up. You have to build a following. You have to build a customer base. In this podcast, I have to think about you guys, the listener. I always think, okay, what will you guys take back from this? I would love to have some feedback from you guys so I know what I can provide to you guys. And I want to benefit you guys as a listener. So you might be wondering throughout this more about the salesperson that it did end up buying my car from and what he did through the process. So we'll talk about everything he did right. As I mentioned earlier, he worked at that corporate owned used car store that the competitor other guys were bashing. He was very patient with me. 
after I told him that buying a car was going to be a long time decision for me. He followed up often with cars that I might be interested in. He considered what I wanted. He listened to the features and benefits that I was looking for. He sat with me for quite a few hours the day that I did finally buy. We stayed on the same page. I ended up getting a Mustang convertible, very identical to the one at the previous dealership. It had less mileage and it was around $9,000 less. So guess who actually closed the sale on that Mustang? Me. I did. I told Chris what I wanted and I was ready to sign. He didn't have to pressure me into closing that sale. He he basically knew he was going to get my sale throughout the sale because we spent a lot of time together. But after that sale was complete, he did hand me his business card and ask for referrals. And when I looked at his business card, I saw in small print that he was a President's Club member of the company. And President's Club, um, for those of you who may not be familiar, that's going to consist of the top one to five percent of the most successful sales professionals in the company. He never once told me that he was a President's Club achiever. I wasn't surprised. It's also worth saying that I never found out what his political views were. We both did love the show Big Bang Theory, and that was his way of building rapport. Um, but Chris is just an overall example of selfish professionals that customers want to deal with, that people want to deal with. So just remember that selling, it's it's just a communication tool. As someone of, you know, the receiving end of your pitch, whether you're showing me your work, asking for a promotion or offering me a product or service, I, as a customer, I just want to be heard. I want to have my needs known. I also need to be able to trust you. So the formula for being a successful sales rep is really that simple. Another way to put this, this comes from one of my favorite coworkers, Chris in Atlanta. He always says that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I'm going to say it again. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You can remember that when being presented with a situation where you're pitching your ideas or you know, just any situation, because you're going to gain more credibility than many if you remember that. So with the five tips, self-awareness, focusing on the customer, being flexible, knowing your stuff right before closing that sale, and then being a professional with confidence. It's going to be, the idea of selling is just going to be a lot easier to you when you, remember, when you remember this. We can also use the skill of selling in many more aspects of our life, as I often stated. Again, Every profession in some way is selling, whether it just be through their personality, their attitude, and just the way that they deal with people overall. So I want to wrap up this episode of Budget Babe by thanking you guys so much for listening and hoping that I provided great value to you today. So please let me know what you think by leaving me a review or emailing me at elaconomic at gmail.com. Again, that's elaconomic. I'll leave that in the notes. And also follow me on Instagram at elaconomic for more money savvy skills. Thank you again for listening and be sure to tune in next week.